Hey there, this is a re-podcast of uh, Bitter's Pill number 125, the Ustream debacle. This was originally a premium pill. It is now for you, for free, right here in the normal pill feed, uh, sponsored by the Bitter's Pill Premium. If you want to know what I'm doing now instead of three years ago, um, become a premium pill subscriber, now only $2.99 a month. Or if you want to get all of these uh, early episodes of the premium pill right away, you can go to thebitterspill.com slash purchase and buy Pillbox. Or Pillbox 2, T-O-O, for the second year. But anyway, in the meantime, please enjoy episode number, uh, uh, what did I say, 125, the Ustream debacle. Oh boy, this is, uh, this is bad. Easter actually used to have something to do with the resurrection of Christ. And then, uh, you know, Hallmark got involved. Hallmark, Hallmark and Hershey and Cadbury and uh, whoever makes those little peeps. And they all got together and said, look, no one's buying this Jesus thing anymore. Let's sell some candy. My daddy may now make an announcement. Here we are. Here we are back again uh, under the flight path. If you listen closely, you can hear the planes. You can hear, man, you, you can hear everything tonight, can't you? I gotta, you know, I've got this stupid, I gotta take this jacket off. I cannot sit here and listen to myself uh, move all the whole, you know. I've always hated this jacket anyway. It's, it's one of those track jackets. You know, if I was 120 pounds, I would look so cool in that jacket. But, you know, a guy built like a, you know, like a thin Ricky Gervais is just, it's, you know. <laughs> so my name is Dan Class. I'm a stay-at-home dad, uh, shut in. I live under the flight path. I, I record these uh, little programs in my garage. In a uh, cinder block, you know, box, basically. And for the time being, the, the the audio studio has been converted into a video studio. We're, we're, we're gearing up for some more ARF. In fact, uh, you know, here's how it goes. We shot some ARF today. And, you know, we shot, uh, you know, me and the two kids. And uh, I'm in the house and I'm chroma keying and I'm mixing. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm adding the background and the sound effects and everything. And my wife comes in, you know, uh, Lord bless her. She comes in and she basically points out the inherent flaw of what I'm doing. And it's one of those things where you ever you ever do something and you know you probably shouldn't exactly be doing that exact thing. But you decide, you know what, I'm going to be in denial about it instead. I, instead of stopping and really thinking this through and discussing it with everyone involved. I am going to just uh, march ahead and, uh, you know, stick my head in the sand. So basically, you know, Hudson and I created this puppet show called ARF, Animal Rescue Force Friends. And, um, you know, the first episode was was sophisticated enough for maybe nine-year-olds to watch, 10, 12, I don't know. Basically because it had a little bit of violence in it. There was a little, you know, there was a little slapstick, some puns up probably, some yelling, some good, you got to have some good yelling, things have to fall, that kind of thing. And then Hudson and I had this idea to do these very simple things called Barry. Barry's the bear. Barry's alphabet snack time, where he would uh, eat food, where he would have food, show food, whatever, that all started with the same letter. Today was letter A because it was the first time. And we're doing this thing. And I always knew in the back of my mind, but I didn't want to say. And then Melissa just walks in and goes, isn't that a little hmm, babyish? You know, for your audience, isn't that going to turn them off? Of course, yes. Yes, it is going to turn them off, honey, but it's easy, and I'm almost done. See, I'm doing it wrong, but at least I'm almost done. And isn't that the important thing, really, is not to do something right, but just to get it over with? So, we may have a lost episode already of ARF. It is nice to see the puppets again. Hudson Puppet is sitting here next to me. He's kind of reclining. He's kind of, it looks like he's chewing his own gut, but... 
He's just the cutest little... Hi, buddy. How you doing? You're so cute. Now, the other night I got... I got this burr in my butt. You know what I mean by that? Is it is it up your butt? Is, is that where you're supposed to get the burr? Up your butt? No, that was a, an expression my mother found quite useful for many years. But because we were uh, readying the studio here, Studio G in the garage, for ARF shooting... Now you realize our shooting, this requires three-point lighting, chroma key lighting, cameras, action, monitors, puppets, everything. So we take my normal table out of here. We dig out all the puppets, all the lights. We're setting up the lights. We're setting up the blue screen, the green screen, in case the color of the puppet, because we didn't really plan ahead and make all the puppets not, you know, anywhere near green or blue or whatever. So, you know, it's a whole fustush. But then I really got it in my head that I wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to shoot something, right? Now, somewhere I got the idea that I wanted to do something on Ustream. Do you know what that is? Ustream. You, you, the proverbial you stream video. And basically what people do, I think, is, um, you know, they hook up a video camera to their computer. Maybe they already, probably a lot of these people already have a camera hooked up to their computer. But instead of just streaming to one person, they stream to apparently up to a thousand people. And my God, I, I got to tell you, there's absolutely nothing more entertaining than watching someone potentially thousands of miles away uh, read a chat log, which is essentially what 90% of Ustream is, watching people stare off camera at, at a chat screen and then giggle when people say something funny. Holy cow. You know, it doesn't take a, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, but we'll get into that later because apparently it does take a genius. I, I, and I will say this. Maybe there's two kinds of people in uh, these, uh, you know, 2.0 web type of uh, things. There's the people that can figure out how to do it, and then the people that can figure out what they should do once they figure out how to do it. Because there are apparently a lot of people that don't know enough to look into the camera when they're talking, but they can actually get on Ustream. So, and this is why I say this. I, uh, you know, the other night, I, t I went on Twitter and I said, hey, you know what, I'm going to do, do a test. I'm going to do a little uh, Ustream thing. It may be about a half an hour. If you happen to be around, you, you give a damn, uh, you know, whatever. You got nothing better to do. Swing by. But then I get myself so distracted because, you know, now that I got I to hook up microphones, I got to do this, I got to do that. I was trying out these new little lavalier mics and all this stuff. I had never actually taken the time to figure out Ustream. You know how you sign up, how you start a show, a series of shows, and then a single episode. How you start broadcasting, if you can record it or not record it. How you adjust the video or audio streaming. And, and, and Didn't take uh, 10 seconds to do that. All I really wanted to do is hook the fire wire up to the camera and let her rip. And apparently what happens when you do that is uh, you don't know what you're doing. And you do about a 15-minute monologue uh, while you're not you streaming. You're just sitting there looking into a camera. <laughs> huh. How about that? Yeah, you're a genius, Dan. Well done. So as the Ustream thing was an experiment, here's another experiment. Uh, here's the Ustream. This is... This is because luckily I had the good sense to videotape. So basically I videotaped the first, you know, 40 minutes, hour, whatever it was. But then I, I talked for about 15 minutes before I realized that I should look at the chat and the chat people are going, we can't see you. We cannot see you. So that's when I poked around. I found the broadcast now button, blah, blah, blah. So here it is. I think actually unedited. What every what the few people that were there missed, what you missed, because you you missed the whole thing. Uh, and and then uh, you know uh, whatever. We're doing it. I think we're actually. 
<laughs> All right, I didn't want to spend any time whatsoever monkeying around with this, but uh, um, okay. Now we're doing, wow, we're doing great. I don't know how uh, to chat. Okay, good. This is absolutely new to me, this Ustream thing, which I think I've made perfectly clear by now. <laughs> you, you, have, you really got to figure it out, right? I mean, I'm not exactly technically uh, El Stupido, you know what I'm saying? But uh, you got to create the show, and then you got to go back to the show, you got to go around, thing, broadcast now. And, then, and when you, there's, already, there's broadcast now the moment you're there. The broadcast there the moment you're there, and then, uh, you know, it's not really until you create the show that you can actually, it's just, whatever. Okay, so, go to show, let's go to the show URL, so we can tweeter, so we can Twitter, where's the phone? How are you, by the way? No one's watching this. I think I am, yeah, I'm recording. Basically, this is the story, uh, my name is Dan Class. I'm under the flight path here at Los Angeles International Airport in uh, Studio G. Basically, it's this room. I know it looks like a blue box to you, but it's actually a, 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 a what do you call that? Um, you know, a drywall box, basically, in my garage. Yeah. I okay, there's me, but see, I can't. All right, we're going to try to tweet this. Is that the right verb? To tweet? I tweet, you tweet, we all tweet. Uh, let's go channel. This is this is entertainment, isn't it? I was actually going to come on and, and you know give people some pointers, uh, Ustream pointers. Yeah, because I'm already a veteran. I've been on for uh, t two seconds. I've been on for two seconds. I'm already a, a Ustream veteran. Uh, Dan dash class. This is this is good. Dash live. Dash r remind me to make it a shorter name next time. Babble. Okay. Mm. Hold on. Boop. So what is it? U stream. Oh, that I missed. U stream. Well, how am I missing all the, the the letters? I've done this a million times, Steve. Stur mother of God. It's the pressure of being live. Ustream, what is it? Dot TV. Oh my crikey. TV. I typed RV. Ustream.rv. Mother pus bucket. Alright. T I did it again. T V Slash. See, channel Dan, Ustream, send. Okay, hi. How are you? Anyway, so this this is it. This is all the you know. What, what were we expecting? Hot chicks? <laughs> no, no, man. Listen, I'm in a uh, I'm in my garage. I'm in my garage. You don't even want you honestly. You don't even want to see what's going on around me. Because it's not this beautiful, crisp, blue limbo that you're enjoying at home uh, right now. You know what I mean? Now, eventually, I suppose, on this YouTube... Uh, YouTube. Listen to me. I, I assume eventually on this Ustream thing, um, you know, someone will chat me? Is that, is that how that goes? Someone will chat me? You think I know? I'm used to sitting in here by myself with no distractions. You know what I mean? I've got no distractions. I just sit. I talk into the microphone. It's all hunky. It's a little dory. I do, right? I do my thing. I get it done. Uh, first of all, and I, because I was so focused on the camera, I, I've got no list of things to talk about. I don't have my tea. I don't have a Diet Coke. Uh, this is not actually being recorded into the audio equipment, only the video equipment. So I'm going to have to go through, you know, 16 hoops. 16 hoops to get this from the tape I'm taping. To get it from the tape to, to an audio podcast. And frankly, for all I know, every time I move, my jacket is making a horrible sound with these silly microphones. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the audio guy should stay in audio. That's really, I think, the basic thing. Oh, Andy and Caleb. <laughs> Your massive loyal audience is with you. The Dan Class massive loyal audience of, eh, duh, eh. Right there, babies. 
I have a massive audience of actually over five people throughout the world, guys. So I wouldn't get so snarky with me. Do you understand? Now, so what's been going on lately? Well, you know, uh, here's the thing. <clears throat> you know, I have a Passat. I have a Passat wagon, a black Volkswagen Passat that I drive around. Okay. Well, about a year ago, and I don't even remember what started it. Yeah, I think it was this clicking sound. You ever get a clicking sound? You're driving, you got a clicking. It's like a clicking sound when you turn. You're turning and it's clicking. You turn As you're turning, especially if you're accelerating and then it's really clicking. It starts to sound like a little wind-up car, like some sort of, you know, toy from the 60s. So Studio G, or Studio VW, VW, the Passat, was clicking when I would turn and click. So, <laughs> I, um, I took it in. Another guy looks at it. Now, I can take it to one of two places. I can take it to the place near my daughter's preschool, which is in a nice part of town. Or I can take it to this uh, private guy. And what I mean by private guy is his, his garage isn't on the street. It's kind of around the corner behind the street. And he's in there all by himself, but it actually seems like he knows what he's talking about. So I take it to this guy. Oh, this is a year ago. And he says, oh, you know, you got, a, you got an axle boot problem. We got to repack your axle boot. Now, I, I didn't know my, you know. Does your, do you know that your axle has boots? The axle, you know what an axle is, has boots. Apparently you got every once in a while pack the VW boot with uh, gook. Basically with gook oil, some gooky oil, black. I don't like to get black stuff on my fingers, so I do not fix. Do you understand? Okay. So he packs my axle boots. And we're all worried because we got to drive down to San Diego before he can pack, pack, pack. The axle boot. Try saying that. So we drive to San Diego. We're pins and needles all the way to San Diego and back because there's tick, tick, tick every time we turn and our axle's going to pop off. It's going to ram itself up through the cabin of the car and probably kill me. We get there. We get back, pack the boot. and But this guy now has a laundry list of things that I need to do fairly right away. Not right away, but fairly right away. Don't you love that? You don't need this today, but eventually you're going to be coming back. You're going to be coming back and you're going to give me about two, $3,000. Well, if you don't tell me to come back the next week, I'm not, right? I'm not coming back. I'm not, I'm not, what I'm going to voluntarily, uh, no. So, so I wait and I drive, drive around, drive to and fro here and there over and yawn and the ticking the ticking comes back so I take the car now to the fancy place because the fancier place is actually much more convenient I can drop my daughter princess uh, trooper off at preschool then I can uh, just walk right there to the place drop off the car and then I can basically walk from there into this nice little town. I can check out some Pilates bodies. I can go to the library, get a latte, which I don't drink lattes. You know that, but you know what I'm saying. The possibility is at least there to get a latte. And that's what I like. I go to the other guy. Trust me. There's no chance of getting a latte. You understand what I mean by that. But see, I make the mistake of going into the place instead of just calling. Because I went into the place and I made an appointment in person for the next week, and then something came up the next week, and I couldn't do it. I actually had a, God forbid, I had a commercial audition. So now, they know the face of the guy that doesn't keep his appointments. And for all I know, they ordered an axle. Now, this is what worried me about going into this place. I go in, and I say, hey, I got this ticking, and he goes, you need a new axle. Right away, the whole thing. You need the whole thing. And as he's saying this, as he's basically quoting me a $3,000 job, not having even looked at my car, all I've said is, yeah, I might... I might sometimes, occasionally, I may have actually heard the slightest ticking. That's all I have to say, and this guy's, he's ordering an axle. He's ordering an axle, and I'm looking around, and there's 15 guys standing around sweeping. That's not a good sign. If you're taking your car someplace where there's 15 guys standing around sweeping, <laughs> guess what? You're going to pay. You're going to pay for five guys to make at least $6.75 an hour to sweep up. Okay? But... 
that place I can walk to the Pilates bodies. The other place, so I put it off, put it off, put it off. So finally, you know, I take it to my man, my man of Culver City, around, not on the street, but around the street. Oh, it's a grand. It's a grand because now I need an axle boot or maybe the axle and brakes. Yes, and brakes and uh, servicing. Now, this is one of those guys. See, sometimes you maybe should not know uh, too much. You know what I mean? Maybe it's sometimes good to do what I do and just know just enough to get by. Know enough of what's wrong to just kind of deal with whatever that is and just keep going. Because what happens is you take it to the guy that actually knows what he's talking about. And he says, well, you know, we might be able to get away with the axle, maybe not, but you definitely need brakes. And you know, in about 3,000 miles, the fan uh, hood assembly thing is going to pretty much give out and it's going to shoot the fan through your radiator. But the truth is, on these cars, honestly, you're going to need a new radiator anyway, so you might as well wait until the fan comes loose from the fan housing and shoots itself into the radiator. I, I don't need to know that. If that happens, that's cool. Do you understand? It's like, it's like having a guy go, hey, listen, jog all you want, baby. You're going to die at 57. Right? There's, maybe there's a limit to the amount of information that we should actually be privy to. I don't know. You know, don't go to a psychic. That's all I'm saying. But at least this guy is servicing our, you know, situation. Now, let's check in with the folks. Hold on. It was me, Dan, going live. We can heckle. you Yes, he'd never read a chat room. Honestly. Even if you're doing something where you're theoretically supposed to be interacting with people in a chat room, don't, because they're not, they're entertaining themselves. I'm basically doing that. There might be one person that's actually paying attention to me right now, and everyone else is just like, like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? I don't know. You got pants on? No. Ha ha, me neither. That kind of thing. Uh, you know my wife, you know I'm married. I'm married, I have a wife, I have two children. So basically what I do, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I'm a stay-at-home dad, and what I basically do is I drive kids up and down the coast of Southern California to and from school, and because uh, one goes this way and one goes this way. So I go, you know, from here, let's say the middle, I go from here, I go there, and I go back, and I go there, and I go back, and oh, and then it's about time, and, you know, like that, okay? And right, whenever I hit this point, I do a load of laundry. I put the laundry in, and I drive, and then I hear, and I take it out, switch, here, out, switch, 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 switch. So eventually, given uh, three, four weeks, the washer or the dryer is going to go out. So we, um, we had the washer go out. We've had the dryer go out. We've had the washer. Now, I don't know if the, the, apparently here in Los Angeles, and I don't know, maybe it's different where you live. The washer and dryer repair community, by and large, the independent people, not the big corporate people, but the independent guys, it's all run by some kind of Russian mafia. And no matter what is wrong with your washer or dryer, no matter how old, how new it is, it's $800. It's $800. Not really. No, you know what it is. It's like with everything. It's like with washers. It's like with dryers. It's like with automobiles. People sit around all day long mathematically figuring out exactly how much you're willing to spend before you just freak out and buy a new one. That is the repair industry. It's nothing to do with the cost of parts, nothing to do with the cost of labor. It has to do with how much will this Yahoo spend before we break them? Because let's get to the breaking point and then take off like $5. Because they're in the business, they're in the repair business, though they want to, right? And then it just goes over to the new people. So you can repair something, right? They find that, that little loophole, that little needle head to thread it through and they're golden. So we had about, you know, you only repair these things maybe 18, 19 times, and then you decide to get a new one. So Melissa and I, my wife, decided it was time for a new dryer. Now, this was right before Christmas. It dies. It dies. It's dead. It's just dead. It's no longer, right? It's right before Christmas. I say to her, hey, honey, listen, if we go to Sears, 
and get the Sears brand, whatever, Kenmore, whatever. They can deliver it tomorrow. And I think it was even Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, we can have brand new dryer. My mother had a Kenmore, whatever the heck, what's it called? World, I don't know. My mother had one for 80,000 years. I think she still has the same one that she used for the day I was born. My wife, this goes in here, out there. All she knows is we're going to Home Depot. We're going to Home Depot and we're going to buy a GE. It's already decided, apparently. Okay. You know what? We've got GE stuff all over the house. Way to go. How they get you is, now you know when you buy a car, you, you, you find a pretty one that you think you may be able to afford and then they have you get into it and you drive it around. You drive it around the neighborhood. You drive it on the freeway. You drive it off the freeway. You crack some jokes with the sales guy. Next thing you know, you've signed your life away. That's how you buy a car. Now, when you buy yogurt, frozen yogurt, these are the only things I understand is buying cars and frozen yogurt, trust me. When you buy frozen yogurt, you see a flavor you're not so sure about, they give you a little uh, taste, right? Okay. Do they let you do a load of laundry when you're at home? Uh, no. No, they don't. The reason that they don't let you do a load of laundry when you're at Home Depot looking at the GEs and the Whirlpools and all this and this, and then should get the one with the stainless steel on the inside like anyone's going to give a rat's ass what the inside of your dryer looks like, except your wife. No. You can't do a load of laundry because then you would hear the absolutely deafening sound that is made by this hunk of crap. There's no way you would buy this six to seven to $800 piece of garbage if you could actually put some wet clothes in it in the Home Depot. Because you know how loud it is at Home Depot? Trust me, the sound would bother you while you were still in Home Depot. So we get the thing home. Now, oh yeah, they've got a they've got a return policy. They've got a return. Hey, if you call us within uh, forty eight hours, I love how there's the window. If you call us within forty eight hours, you're, you're golden. We'll take care of you. We call within about twelve hours because this hunk of crap sounds. It honestly, we live at the air. Listen to what I'm saying. We live under the there. Are, there are planes taking off and landing over my head right now, all day long. Seven forty sevens, prop planes, FedEx. All day long, we couldn't take the sound of this dryer for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Call Home Depot. No problem. No problem. Whirlpool or GE. No, GE. GE. Well, I'm sure they'll take care of it. So wait, you're already out of this? You're all, we're done with you now? Home Depot, you're gone. <laughs> See you later. How does that work? What other thing can you buy? Where as the minute you take it home, uh, you got to go to the manufacturer. Well, you got to be kidding. Now, this is a dryer. I don't have a pick. Do you have a pickup truck? I don't have a pickup truck. If I had a pickup truck, I wouldn't be so worried about this, but I don't have a pickup truck. I can't just return this thing and Harbaugh's like, here's your, here's your damn dryer. No. So you call Whirlpool, GE, whoever it is. Whirlpool? GE? Trust me, it'll be on the blog. We call whomever the manufacturer is, and they say, no, 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 you can't return it. <laughs> we got to send a service guy out. So the service guy comes out. He turns on the dryer. He, he listens to it. It goes, ah, like a Cessna. And he just kind of goes like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You know what he does? He adjusts the feet. He adjusts the feet so for 10 seconds, it'll stop making this sound and he can run out the door. Sign this. That's it. That's, that's fixing it. So my wife gets on the horn and she's like, gah, 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 and she tears everybody new, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. well, there's nothing we can do. Nothing we can do. We got to have a You got to have a Somehow, you know, there's always like you never make any progress. So now we got to have another service call. Now, she always wants to be there for the service call. She can never be there for the service call. She always schedules the service call. She can never be there for the service call. I got to be there for the service call. So the guys come in. So the second guy comes in. We put it on. Ah, 
it sounds like absolute hell on earth. What does he He starts squeezing it. He's squeezing an $800 squeezing a dryer. Oh, that'll... So he says to me, this is how they sound. Pardon me? Yeah, this is pretty much how they sound now. It's just sheet metal. And he's kind of got this apologetic look on his face. I mean, the first guy was a jackass. But this guy, like, actually kind of feels sorry for me, but he can't do anything for me. There's, there's nothing he can do. He just, he's squeezing on my dryer, telling me there's, he's like, well, maybe you can put uh, some towels underneath it to dampen the sound. What? I got to now soundproof. I got to get sound sucking material and pack it underneath my dryer. I just paid $800 for this piece of crap. And now I got to pack around it with foam and what? What? So then we're back on with Home Depot. Then we're back. Oh, yeah. You know what? It's nobody's problem. It's, it's nobody's. There's no one. There's no one. So finally, my wife gets these very reasonable people from Home Depot on the phone because they're starting to feel she's hammering them. She's the hammer. They start feeling a little uh, guilty, responsible, whatever, because you got to basically you got to go low enough on the chain where you might actually get to uh, a human. Right, a human with a soul, a human who has not been in management long enough to have the very soul sucked out of them by the corporate Satan. That, that's what you need to find. So, miraculous, and I don't know how she did this. My wife gets two people, two people from Home Depot to agree to come to the house. They're going to come to the house and they're going to listen to the demon dryer. They're going to come on Monday at 9. Monday at 9 they're going to come. That's when they're going to come, yes. 9 o'clock, ding dong, there they are. They listen to the dryer. Yes, that sounds terrible. We'll get on it right away. Absolutely fantastic. This is fantastic. We found the Home Depot people. Call me in two days and I'll have an answer for you. Melissa calls, yes, it should be fine, absolutely. You can do this and you can do that. You Just bring it back to the store. <laughs> not bringing it back to the store. You're bringing it back. Or the GE Whirlpool, whoever the jackasses are that keep squeezing and lifting and leveling my dryer, those guys are going to bring it back to the store because I gave you $800 and you gave me a big pile of feces that makes hot air. But it's driving us all insane. Okay? Me no want the doo-doo. Me want you, you to take the doo-doo back to the storeroom. No problem. No problem. No problem. You can come down, pick another pig in a poke out. Come down with no laundry and no hopes of hearing the new machine and pick one out or you can just return it, whatever, whatever. Is that true? Yes, it is. Great. We're going to go away for a week. When we come back, we're on it. Don't you quit. Don't you dare quit that job or get transferred to another branch because we're coming to you. They've disappeared. <laughs> we, we don't know. We don't know where they are. We have no idea. There's no, we have no, there's no way of knowing where these folks are. And you can't go to Home Depot and look for them. My God, it's the size of uh, Montana. But everything is like that. Like, Melissa, someone backed into her car. Now, you know, my wife, she has to drive that stupid BMW. And I, and I, and I love BMWs. I only say stupid because I, I don't want us to have the responsibility of, uh, how are, what, what was it, a $100,000 car? I don't know what that thing is worth. It's ridiculous. To drive, you know, it's not my thing and I don't want, but somebody backs into her. I don't know if you're in the service industry. I don't know if your job has anything to do with service, clients, client relations, customer service relations, right? Does that job just kill you on the first day? Does that job really just week one, they just grind your ass down? Or do they actually hire people straight from hell? and put them in customer service jobs? Do they find the smallest little soulless sons of bitches 
and give them the customer service jobs. Because as soon as you call with a complaint, it's your fault, you idiot. It's never their fault. There's nothing. They can't find the paperwork. They can't figure out who's there. And she's out for the day. And this one is going that. Can I talk to your supervisor? Yes, I can. The supervisor, supervisors just go, uh-huh, yes. Oh, I see. You know what? I'm going to put my best man on it. Then they cover the phone. They laugh like hell. They transfer you to the next idiot. How anything is getting done in this country, I have absolutely no idea. Everyone... In pro seriously, someone tell me, tell me, is there anyone in quote unquote customer service that actually services the customer? Or are you just hoping to grind someone down like you've been ground? I, I don't know. Let's go to the phones. Andy Castor writes, poor Dan. I don't know what that means. Let's see. Quick trip, insert regional joke. Yeah, see, I can't follow this. What, are they not? None of this is going? Is that right? Here, let's, let's write. Are you not getting me? Did you know I could type like that? This is going to be great if I've been doing this monologue into the camera for no one. Do you realize that? Let's see. Let's look around. Let's let's poke. Disconnected, connected, connecting. Start broadcast. Oh, I didn't push the button. <laughs> you missed the greatest monologue. You really did. I should rewind. I should rewind the tape, and and you can see. That is hysterical. So um. Let's see. I think I'm on now. Yes, I am an idiot. Let's see what they say to that. I basically just did a solid anger and bile-filled 15-minute monologue to myself. Now, luckily, thank you, Lord, I was recording this with my videotape, I think. <laughs> if I wasn't, then good night, and we're done. Hold on. I think I'm on now. Yes, I am an idiot. No one's saying a thing. Let, let's go back to the other window. They've all given up by now, trust me. <laughs> I seem to, yeah, I seem to be on. I seem to be on, and yet I thought I was on before. I think we're just going to have to, if, if, if anyone is still there, because I, I, I can't do that story again. I can't do it. I haven't got it in me. I haven't got it in me to tell you that again. So if if I'm actually broadcasting now, it's short of figuring out how to shove the tape footage back through Ustream, I, I'm just going to take questions. The fact that I can't see both of these things. Oh, there I am. There you are. We haven't given up. Oh, yeah. Okay, well... Except I'm in a still frame there. Boy, that's attractive. Are you really there? So basically, here's the thing. First time, you stream. Oh. I didn't realize there was going to be that much lag. Wow. Um, Dan, me, I, I uh, didn't necessarily see the, the, big, the big button. There's, there's kind of a big, fairly large, prominent button in my screen that said, um, broadcast now. Start your start either start your broadcast, broadcast now, push this, you idiot. It was something like that. It was fairly clear, actually. A fairly clear, well-marked, gigantic Web 2.0 with the gradient and the thing, all of it. Start your damn broadcast now. Did I see that? No, no, no. I launched right into the 15-minute tirade about the car, the dryer, Home Depot, GE, the man, keeping the man down, all that stuff. Now I'm done. I pretty much, I pretty much had my curtain call, and, we, and here we are, and now we've just started. Okay. Take two. I'm not, I'm not, I can't. I can't tell the story again. I can't do it. 
I'm sitting here. I mean, you know, I, I, I was in such a rush to get going. I don't have my tea. I don't have any caffeine. I have no notes. Uh, I just did 15 minutes to myself. And uh, here we are. Welcome. All right, let's go to the phones now. We're used to it. <laughs> you have no idea. The beauty of editing, my friends. Ah, the beauty of editing, taking out. So you, th you think I, uh, you know, some people say, oh, Dan, your uh, long pauses. You know, they're, they're about 30 times that long when I really actually record. And then I cut them down so they just seem really too long. I go from gargantuanly too long to just sort of really too long. That, that's really, I think, the key to producing a quality piece of crap podcast. I, re I really do. I really... <laughs> rehearsal. This is a... Trust me. This is a rehearsal. From the lighting to the miking, I, you know, whatever. It's all... It's all what it is, isn't it? It's all what it is. So, we found out uh, today that my daughter is actually accepted into the school that my son goes to. Princess Tyrade, the trooper, is now going to go to Hudson School. Which means I get roughly, because she'll go later, right? She gets out at 1230 now. So now she'll go not till 1230, but to like, uh, please, Lord God Almighty, 230. But also, I will have like two hours of driving back. Two hours. Two hours a day of driving, I will get back. Now, when I will listen to my Get Rich Slowly tapes and my speed reading tapes, I have no idea. I told you, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if you Twitter, do you, do you do the Twitter thing? I said on Twitter recently, I started listening to um, speed reading cassettes in my car. Oh, there's nothing, there's nothing like analog audio cassette technology. Oh, a good 20-year-old Audio cassette from the public library. Oh, that's high fidelity. But I'm listening. I have no time to read, so I thought I'd listen to these speed reading tapes to kind of learn to read faster. Now I realize that I just uh, am not reading uh, more. There's more material now that I'm not reading, now that I could potentially be reading faster, but I'm not reading. Does that make... It makes so much more sense in 52 characters. Don't you think? Hi. So, um, <laughs> Caleb has a good point. If we didn't use Twitter, why, why, how, right? Don't be a wise guy. Okay, pal, pal of mine. Now, no, I guess you could, someone could potentially be watching and not in this chat room right now, right? That's good. So yeah, about, is it two hours? Yeah, it's two hours a day. I will get back which will give me plenty of time to volunteer on all the committees. Do you, do you end up doing that? Do you end up volunteering to serve hot lunches out of guilt? You know, because you, you feel guilty that you're only paying uh, $26,000, $27,000 a year for your kids to go to elementary school. Why not also uh, work there too? I mean, doesn't that sound like a great setup? You pay about $26,000 a year to send your kids to school and you work there part-time giving out lunch. What's, what's the 26 grand for? Listen, I can't be at school. I got to be somewhere else working to make 26 grand. It's a simple kind of, you know, you take the money. I got to make the money. I can't just pass out hot dogs. Leading me to wonder, what the hell do the husbands of these women handing out the hot dogs do for a living? That they, cause some, of the, like, some people have three kids. Three kids in the school. I, don't, I can't do that math. I don't know. I don't know how you swing that, baby. I just don't. I don't. My husband tells me I'm not allowed to volunteer for anything anymore. Well, you know, mighty mo- Uh-oh, mighty mommy. Uh-oh. Don't hurt me. Um, sometimes I feel guilty about what I say, but I'll say this. I'm still wrapping my head around this very Los Angeles thing to do, and I actually think it's a very upper-middle-class thing to do. So I was just talking to a friend of mine who I love and respect and everything, but he's got two kids, one on the way, so that's going to be three, um, and they have a nanny who watches the kids, so the wife 
can start a committee to keep the big corporate franchises out of Venice Beach. Now, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I so, so now suddenly volunteering at the school actually makes sense because at least it's going directly towards your children, right? But this happens all over the, I mean, this, it's not just, you know, it's everywhere, all, at least all over Los Angeles. You basically, you hire a Guatemalan refugee to watch your kids, and no offense to people from Guatemala, but you, you hire, you know, random woman, she happens to know another woman that has done that job. That's your reference. Your reference is another nanny that could be a who knows what. They watch your offspring while you go volunteer to help uh, clean up the city park. Keep, to keep, uh, you know, Pinkberry out of that quaint little uh, arts community. Now, granted, I don't think the, uh, you know, Abbot Kinney in Venice should have, but aren't there childless people? Childless people that could be doing this work. My God, I, I've been, I've actually been battling so long I'm going to run out of videotape. Holy crap. But I don't know what you, you know what I mean? I don't know what you volunteer for. I don't know. I don't mean to lay that on you. Suddenly, I, I did, from a show two weeks ago, I had people selling their dive watches. That's not the point. The point is balance. The point is, uh, you, you know, all that. Because what happens at the school is, and maybe this is everywhere, they create this culture where you are meant to, you're meant to, or made to, or maybe I, just because I'm paranoid, are made to feel guilty for not volunteering, volunteering, volunteering. See, I can't volunteer. I'm busy raising my kids. See, when they're not here at school, they're with me. And I teach them things like how to read and write and use a computer. I know that sounds crazy, but that seems like a smart thing to do. Now, now granted, I, they spend time, you know, I'm no saint. They spend time in front of the TV. Uh-oh. Did we go dark? No? Who knows? I mean, they spend time in front of the TV while I'm, I mean, how do I Twitter with you? What do you think the kids are doing? Believe, trust me. They're, they're tying nooses and whatnot in the other room. Oh, I'm back. Hi. Hi, how are you? Anyway, um, and he's gone again. Yeah, I know. I don't know what that was about. I would never let a nanny watch my kids. I quit my career to make a career out of not letting other people watch my... Thank you! My God, was it so hard? No! I like you. You are mighty. You're mighty. You're not manic. You're mighty. And no, nothing against the manic mommies. You know why you're so manic? Because you're trying to do it all. I mean, do you all really have to work? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But see, my kids could live with a smaller TV and a daddy. That's what it is, right? My kids have a smaller TV, but their father is at home talking to them, feeding them, hugging, smooching, squeezing their butts. We're going to get to butt squeezing in a second. As opposed to random... Foreign her number five. Does that make, is that wrong of me to feel that way? I don't know. Uh, I actually think it would be pretty cool. Part of the premium pill. What? I have no idea what we're talking about. He needs his TN notes and to get it all set up. Real? Why? Is this that horrible, Zach? What are you talking about? Trust me, buddy. <laughs> this is all the show's ever been. Just because I'm looking at you now instead of uh, you not looking at me right now, this is it. This is no, you know what I mean? Other than, I mean, you're not going to get the intimacy probably of a deep story. When suddenly someone fell in love at the end and the music starts to play as I use this voice to signal that the story is about to end. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm running out of tape. What do I got like? I got two minutes. Two minutes, in, in two minutes, honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen. Maybe it's time to end this uh, charade in two minutes. You know? I mean, thanks for stopping by. This has all been uh, a, uh, what do you call it? You know, experiment. A trial run, a dry run, a camera test of the camera. Basically, uh, the kids and I were in here today setting up. We're going to shoot a bunch of stuff for Animal Rescue Force Friends. You know what that is? The little puppet show that we do. The puppets are over there. I can't get up. I got a laptop on my lap. I know. <laughs> it's nice and warm. Thank you, Andy. Hey, um, is it sick that I think my five-year-old daughter has a great ass? Just between 
you know? Now, I'm not saying I have weird thoughts about it. I'm just saying that artistically, I look at that keister, two peaches, and I think, my God, that really, that is a gravity-defying derriere. That, that is, that, even at five, I can tell that someday that is going to be a crash-your-car-stop-traffic Guys drooling, jaws on the sidewalk, behind. Is that, th that's not wrong of me, right? I mean, basically, because I know now, well, she's five, I've got, what, four, seven, nine years to get uh, myself up to marksman level. That's what I'm thinking. If I can become a marksman by the time she's about 11, I think I'll be set. I really do. Uh, no, I have no idea. I, yeah, I can't make audio, live audio would be great with a chat room too. Heck, I didn't even think we, my four-year-old is a mini supermodel. Yeah, <clears throat> where do four-year-olds learn to pose? My daughter has never seen a single frame, a single frame of America's Top Model. She's never seen a single frame of, uh, any of those cat, any of those, like next designer, catwalk, any of that stuff. She's seen a couple Gwen Stefani videos in American Idol, and she can vogue like Madonna in 91. I don't know, I don't know what it is. If we had a pole, a pole in our living room, there would be guys coming putting like dollar bills in her pajamas. I don't know, I don't know where she's getting these moves. I don't know where she's getting the like, you know, like the serious face. She's got the rock star supermodel adult entertainer. You know, I just. Before we sign off. I wanted to discuss Easter. See, I don't really remember how they determine when Easter should be. You, you know, I don't know who's in charge of that. I know at one time it was the Christians. I know it used to. A long time ago, Easter, uh, this may shock you. A long time ago, Easter had something to do with Jesus. Did you know that? Yeah, a long time ago. I know, this is weird. And I'm not sure I've got the story straight, but a long time ago, uh, you know Jesus. They crucified him. They what they did is they took they took they made a big uh, cross, you know, a cross shape. That's a crucifix, and uh, you know they nailed him to it. And that, that must have been irksome, be nailed to a cross. You know, a couple you know guy on each side. I mean, just uh, you know. The pain and then the other guys, the constant whimpering is terrible. And then uh, they put him in a cave after he died and then he came back. He came, he came back like Elvis. And, and I think that's why we have Easter. Something to do with that. Easter actually used to have something to do with the resurrection of Christ. And then, uh, you know, Hallmark got involved. Hallmark, Hallmark and Hershey and Cadbury and uh, whoever makes those little peeps. And they all got together and said, look, no one's buying this Jesus thing anymore. Let's sell some candy. And so Easter became a candy holiday. Now we have, we have uh, you know, Halloween, which is a candy holiday. Then you got Thanksgiving, which is a stuff your face with turkey and all that other stuff. Football, that's a, that holiday. Then you got the gift holiday. New Year's is essentially a booze holiday. Then you got uh, Valentine's Day is uh, candy uh, and hopefully... Uh, prophylactics holiday you got st patrick's day that's a beer holiday and then uh you know you got your easter and that's candy chocolate eggs chocolate bunnies peeps and uh some more ham but here's the thing you know uh, being the uh you know 21st century parent that i am or that i try try to be uh, we don't give our kids candy. Not really. Not much. I mean, a little. We're not, you know, we're not insane about it, but we don't, my kids don't need candy like I ate. I ate candy. I ate candy. I would have got, uh, you know, 
I, I would have gone to blows with my sister over Halloween. You know what I mean? Candy was currency and we ate it. And uh, it, it, the weird thing is I'm hypoglycemic now. Isn't that strange? Like maybe I just <laughs> so, so messed up my pancreas. Just like keep churning out the insulin, boys. He's going to have another Snickers bar. We know it. I really got to get it together. You know, when we were in Hawaii, um, somebody gave my wife a bag of um, chocolate-covered Kona coffee beans. And they made it back to the mainland. And uh, I eat them now all the time. I am self-medicating with these little chocolate-covered coffee beans. <laughs> but I digress. I am not in the mood for uh, Easter. Easter starts in like a half an hour from right now when I'm recording this. See, my son's birthday was the other day. St. Patrick. Didn't we, we just had St. Patrick's Day. And then and then my daughter's birthday's coming up uh, April 4th. And my mom's is the 8th. And then we should have Easter after the birthday season. This is the big, you know, my family birthday season. I need to see. I don't know how they decide when Easter is. I don't remember. I used to think it was the such and such, you know, Sunday in April, but now apparently it's March. Why? Why are we changing this stuff? Why did we change daylight savings? Why is it already? Can you hear that daylight? I'm like I'm being attacked now by a, a seven twenty seven. And my son, he's out of his brain, uh, you know, excited for Easter. His sister, they're all excited. We're going to see my parents. And then we got to go see my parents again next weekend. When am I going to cut the bushes? I need to prune some damn ficus trees. If you if you have never pruned a tree, like really prune, really cut the hell out of it. You know what I mean? Down to nothing. If you ever, If you've never done that, you haven't lived. I got. I got to drink. Uh, I got to drink a drink of flavored water. Here, hold on a second. Oh, I'm living the good life. Oh gosh. Oh, artificially flavored, uh, filtered water. Oh gosh, I am just. Mm. Oh, it's the life I dreamed of. You know, when cousin Ronnie and I would hang around the shores of Westport, Connecticut. <sighs> Oh my gosh, I, I would just dream the night of way. Oh, Ronnie, someday, my friend. <laughs> oh, sure, we're hanging out at the beach now on the Connecticut Sound, but you know what? Someday, I'm going to have a little $50 mixer in my garage. Oh, and I'll just sit and do a little radio show that 27 people will listen to. While the airplanes fly overhead and I drink artificial flavored water. Oh, it's it's raspberry splash. Oh, Ronnie, it'll be raspberry splash. You'll see. I'll show them all. Oh, out of his mind for Easter. Who cares? It's just another can't. It's just, I mean, would our economy really crumble if we just turned our backs on all this crap? I mean, my kids don't, you know. My kids don't need chocolate eggs, chocolate bunnies, and peeps in the shape of peeps, and peeps in the shapes of bunnies, and cards, and stockings, and baskets, and grass for the baskets, and this, and that, and bobbles, and boog, big, bob, boog, boog. I don't, it's just, you know. Is someone afraid that our economy and the Chinese economy, the Taiwan, wherever this, all this jazz is coming from, all the, all, we, the whole world would just crumble? I think we'll get by. Do you still give your kids all that candy? How do they? How how do you do it? Because my kids, one bit of candy and they'd never go to bed. That's why we don't give them candy. It's really actually not for dental reasons, health reasons. It's so they we have some chance of them going the to heck to sleep, please. All right, I think it's time to. Uh, Hit the hay, as my dad used to say. My dad would say, my mom would say, hey, she had, yeah, she had a burr up her butt. And my, my dad would say, it's time to hit the hay. 
Uh, this has been strange, I know. But listen, sometimes you gotta experiment. It's the only way you can move forward. I know. You know. I know. We both know. Just admit you know. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, TheBittersPill.com is the place to go to, uh, you know, find out about the show. Contact me. Leave a blog uh, comment or, uh, you know, read some of the great Viagra spam that I have on the blog. If you ever need Viagra or Cialis, please just uh, peruse my blog. You're sure, sure to find some spam right on there that can g- hook you up. Hook you right up with some over-the-counter uh, Viagra. Mm, can't wait. All right, thank you so much. Thank you for being a patron of my art. I will talk to you soon. Cheerio. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media. JacketMedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. Thank you for listening to this free podcast from The Bitterest Pill. If you would like to hear more, go to TheBitterestPill.com. There you can purchase Pillbox and Pillbox 2, the complete first and second year of The Bitterest Pill Premium. Or you can become a premium pill subscriber and get the shows as they are released, instead of waiting for three years to get them free. Seriously, how can you be that patient? This podcast has been sponsored by The Bitterest Pill Premium, now only $2.99 a month. Pretty cheap, right? Thank you for listening.